Welcome, everyone. My name is Peter Hackett. I am the Global Program Director for Cypher. For today's podcast, we are going to discuss how Cypher can provide flexible cybersecurity services in these uncertain times. I am joined by my colleague, Scott Krosky, the Global Information Security Officer for Cypher. We are also pleased to have with us Gareth Jones, who is the Director of Sales for the United Kingdom. Gareth joins us today from London. Gareth, how are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me on your show. Pleasure to have you. So just this past week, the Federal Reserve Bank, Chicago Booth, and Stanford University released their latest joint survey focused on business uncertainty. This innovative sur- panel survey measures the one-year-ahead expectations and uncertainties that firms have about their own employment, capital investment, and sales. The sample covers all regions of the U.S. economy, every industry sector except agriculture and government, and a broad range of firm sizes. There's no doubt that the current world events have resulted in an increased business uncertainty index. Between February 2020 and May 2020, there's been an increase in the mean subjective standard deviation by threefold. This standard deviation takes into consideration three primary factors from surveyed companies. Projected sales growth for the next four quarters, employment rates over the next 12 months, and capital investment rates for the next four quarters. Higher levels of uncertainty indexes occur when firms express less certainty about these three factors. So to sum this up, there's a high rate of unknowns ahead of virtually every business. Gareth, you were a panelist later this month on a joint webinar between Cypher and FireEye on the cybersecurity considerations in today's market. What are some of the top things on the minds of C-level executives today? When we speak to executives, and especially C-level executives, the primary key concern they have is spiraling costs of running their operations, coupled with uncertainty of their trading environment post-COVID-19. I mean, it's no secret there's been a huge slowdown in global growth and consumer confidence, and that's affected every industry, whether you sell directly to the public or you're part of the supply chain. And it's taken into accepted there's going to be large job losses going forward. And unfortunately, a lot of those jobs are not going to be coming back. Many organizations in some industries were suffering from this already. You know, the obvious ones like retail and aviation, they're the primary examples of this and the problems they were suffering just hit everybody now. COVID-19 has simply, it's exacerbated these fears exponentially. If I was going to pick a key word, it's actually a word you mentioned, it's uncertainty. There's uncertainty of the trading environment, how much stuff could we sell? There's uncertainty of revenue revenue generation. How much money are we going to be having in for the next quarter? six months, year, two, three years, what's going to do to our business plan? How do, we, how do we react against that? And there is the uncertainty of what the new normal will look like. Everyone mentions this term, new normal, but everyone's planning for a future where they don't quite know what it looks like. Well, how do you plan against that once we come out of COVID-19? And companies need to have some kind of plan for this. And cybersecurity plays a huge role in that. Unfortunately, though, when we're speaking to clients, and everyone kind of knows this, cyber attacks are one of the big growth areas. It's the only growth area that's come out of COVID-19. And unfortunately, it's the bad guys who are growing on this. When we speak to clients, if we pick up, you know, the three words that we hear most when we speak to clients are, I don't know. You know, just about everything, right across, right across the board, I don't know. Um, you know, from that, what they're looking for from their suppliers, their partners, is people to help them know to give them the degree of certainty, to help them de-risk, as the phrase goes, their operations. They want more than people just to sell them stuff. They want people to you know, be partners with them going forward, give them the answers they don't know. You know. Make our business safer. How can you do that? That's what we're hearing when we're speaking to businesses. 
Scott, we did a podcast in the past on some of the changes to the cybersecurity risk landscape. Can you summarize summarize the top risks? Yeah, absolutely, Pete. Um, so we did a few months back, as you said, uh, we, we shared our predictions around cybersecurity challenges that would be faced by businesses as they rush to implement a work from home model. And Gareth kind of touched on one of those. Um, and as we suspected, you know, those predictions became a reality. Uh, you know, we saw remote workers, um, you know, uh, we, we saw the remote workforce taking company issued computer systems back home. Um, and we received feedback from many of our clients and CISOs that we work with about the challenges in keeping those systems secure. Um, you know, VPN licenses were maxed out. Um, patching computer systems is much more difficult when they're not connected to a corporate domain. Uh, the lack of control of these remote work stations presents a huge opportunity for organizations to secure these endpoints using EDR agents, which uh, Gareth is going to highlight later in the podcast today. Um, regarding some of the other risks, you know, our cyber intelligence platform saw a huge spike in COVID-related domains being established. You know, the majority of those were for malicious purposes. And some of those domains were even used uh, for email phishing to scam people into applying for fake government loans or sending malware to their computer where they clicked what appeared to be a safe link. Um, you know, there's just a massive increase in usage of, you know, also those online collaborative platforms, such as Zoom, Microsoft Teams, WebEx, you know, so, you know, Companies that had plans to migrate to the cloud also had to increase their project timelines um, to support the remote workforce. So, you know, we've, we have been and continue to you know, help our customers out as they continue to, um, you know, tackle these challenges. Gareth, what are some of the adaptable cybersecurity services that Cypher is offering? This is a question that actually follows on from how we're helping companies de-risk their operations, which is the key here. Our partnership with FireEye and their endpoint detection and response product, when taken as part of our managed detection and response service, provides companies a flexible cost model. It's a way of decreasing. So when companies are decreasing their staff headcount, which, as I mentioned, companies are potentially looking at job losses going forward just to survive, and their user base goes down, the cost of the cybersecurity comes down as well. It only increases when the user base does. Naturally, when companies increase their headcount and increase their user base, that they do that when their business is doing well. There's an increase in revenue, they're profitable, their business performance is improved. Well, the costs on our flexible model, the costs only improve when that happens. When, what it ends up is, what it gives companies is a way for their cybersecurity costs to match their business performance. As opposed to the traditional model where companies would, you know, they buy a fixed amount of annual cybersecurity hardware and software and they'd hire the staff. And no matter how the business performs, the costs remain the same. If they, if they change, they only go one way and that's up. So there's no, there's no synchronicity between business performance and cost. So what, this, what we're providing is a service where it does, where it does the cost go down if your business tends to suffer a bit and cut your headcount and it only goes up when you're doing well. Crucially, the important thing about this, the service doesn't change. When most companies look to cut the costs, they look to you know, de-scope what's covered, they tend to reduce the service they take in. Well, the trouble is they suffer from that. With our service, the service stays the same. It's still high quality cybersecurity services. The coverage hasn't changed at all in what's been delivered to the client. It's just the number of users covered that's changed. Um, so this is just a perfect way to, it's a way of de-risking your operations, de-risking by removing costs out of the business when you're going through fallow periods. We're actually offering a 30-day trial on the MDR service. It's another way of people to remove 
the risk, remove the costs out, you know, signing up a new, with a new service provider, it's potentially a risk. So we're saying, okay, try it out for 30 days. We'll take all the hit on the cost of setting it all up for you. Try it out for 30 days. Work with us on this. You know, there's no commitment on this. If you want to walk away at the end, you can walk away. If you want to go forward on this, we can, but you've had 30 day trial. You've, you've seen exactly what the service is offering. And managed security services company almost never give you this opportunity. Gareth, that's a great point. And why are these initiatives important for a company, especially in today's environment? Scott touched on it earlier, actually. And I mentioned it. Unfortunately, one of the biggest growth areas in recent years during the pandemic has been cyber attacks. Um, this will, and it will, this has, and it will continue to put a massive strain on IT and security teams. You can look at this by breaking it down into a number of areas. Firstly, take resource requirements of cybersecurity. There's only so much you can do with technology. You still need people behind it. The companies, historically, the companies are best have been able to and are surviving the pandemic best are the ones that are furthest along in their digital transformation process. Companies have been looking at digital transformation process for five, 10 years from now. The ones that have done the best are the ones that are have attacked it well, attacked it early, and been smart about it. These people are going to be the winners of the future. However, digital transformation requires IT infrastructure. IT infrastructure gives you a much bigger attack service. It's more doors for the bad guys to walk through, meaning companies are going to have a much greater cybersecurity resource requirement. You know, typically it's going to be 24-7. These days, 24-7 cyber operations is essential, you know, Nothing else is an option. You know, running nine to five or eight to six just isn't going to cut it going forward. But then that itself has a problem. Just look at the cost of it. The cost to operate a 24-7 cybersecurity center at the least bare minimum, you need six people. You've got to cover the 24-7 shifts. You've got to cover stuff sickness. You've got to cover holidays. I mean, I can speak the cost for the UK, because it's British. Just in the UK alone, for you know, six guys, bare minimum, £250,000 to about £300,000 just for the staff, nothing else. That's about you know, $320,000 to $380,000. On top of that, add the cost of cybersecurity hardware, the software, the staff training. Then on top of that, you're, you're looking at roughly about half a million pounds. And I'll repeat the point, that is just for bare minimum. That's not for a great soft. That is for bare minimum. Then we've got all this set up. You've got a risk. Any single member of your cybersecurity team could leave for another job. They can hand in their 30 days notice and walk off and it'll take you at least three months to hire a new, a new person. And that three months, well, then you've got that risk of your, your SOC being below even the bare minimum. Then you've got to train your staff and you've got to pay for that. And then you've got the factories, SOC staff are human beings and human beings like all of us, we can only have a certain amount of knowledge in our head. That's why people tend to specialize. Add all this together, you've spent a small fortune, you've got your sock together, you've paid all this money, at least half a million pounds, about $600,000, and you've still got this big risk for your operations. It just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It, it really doesn't make any sense. If you think about it, take the macro level view, think about it and say, well, what does every good business executive do when they identify you know, a risk, an unacceptable risk to their operations? What they do? They remove it, but that's their job. And that's what people are looking at. People are taking on at the moment when they're looking at investing all this money into an in-house stock. It doesn't work. It's not where the future is going to be. Uh, you're taking on too much risk. You're taking on costs. And businesses are looking at it this way are not likely to have a lesser chance of being the winners of the future. 
So Gareth, what are the benefits do companies get when migrating to a service provider? Outsourcing to a managed security service provider it allows them access to a large shared team of you know cybersecurity professionals, a team that's got wide cross industry knowledge, a really wide diverse skills. The wide diverse skills is a really crucial point. Companies typically, not in every case, but typically they recruit from people in the same industry as them. If you're a finance house and you're employing for a SOC, you'll employ people who've got who worked in a SOC in a finance house background. That sounds very good from an HR perspective with a synergy. With their, with their type of business. But the problem is you've only got a very narrow skill set. You know, when you go to an outsourcing model, you've got a much bigger and much highly, highly skilled ones and got people who've got knowledge from a variety of industries. You've got your finance, you've got insurance, you've got manufacturing, you've got government, everything in there. You basically, what you end up in the day, you get, end up getting access to a multi-million dollar SOC, which you don't have to pay for. You only pay a relatively small service fee for that. It's an approach that allows, when you go to a managed service provider, that allows for you know, a shared knowledge of common threats and TTPs, tactics, techniques, and procedures that you know, multiple organizations around the world are facing. It increases your efficiency, or it increases the SOC's efficiency to get real high quality analytics and response activities. You know, furthermore, it, this grants the service provider the ability to develop best-in-class defense techniques using signatures, playbooks, threat intelligence, orchestration approaches, because they're working from a much bigger resource pool of information than any individual company out there has an in-house stuff can possibly do. That's great, Gareth. Thank you so much for your time today. I hope this podcast was useful for our listeners. For any of our listeners who are interested in our services to include Cypherbox MDR or our flexible EDR offerings, please reach out to us via our marketing department, which can be reached at marketing at cipher.com. Also, if you like today's podcast, please subscribe so that you can automatically be notified when we publish our next episode.